Welcome to the best things in life podcast with Kevin Hamoki. Okay, and welcome to another episode of the Best Things in Life podcast uh, with me, Kevin Amoki. Uh, this is your first time checking out the pod. The way this podcast works is that I determine what the best is in any given subject. Today, I'm going to be talking about the best little person, aka dwarves. You know, but tomorrow I could to I could be talking about the best elf, the best fairy. The best magical creature of your dreams, you know, or the best reason to live. I uh, <laughs> I uh, recently been reading um, uh, Victor Frankl's book about uh, the meaning of life, all that stuff. But uh, other than that, uh, I hope you are living your best life. If you've made it this far, it would uh, I would greatly appreciate it. It would mean the world to me. If you could uh, simply uh, like, comment, subscribe, whatever uh, platform you're uh, viewing this, whether it's audibly on you know, iTunes, Spotify, Google. Uh, I've recently made the host change over to Anchor uh, FM. It used to be on SoundCloud, so I don't know. I'm still working out the kinks of like distribution. You know, I wanted to get out there on time when I say Sunday, right? And uh I, I I don't know. I've always been getting like every time I put it on SoundCloud, for some reason, the dates change. And then now on Anchor, it's like I can upload it there, but then it won't upload to other search. So I'm working on 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 getting it every single place. Because I know right now there's like a billion services, you know. Um, but other than that, there, if you're watching this um, uh, on the YouTube channel, the Best Things in Life pod cast on youtube uh you'll notice that it's uh it's it's darker you know it's october right now and uh you know i think a few podcasts i said i love this time of year you know what i i hate this particular little time of year where it gets dark like fucking early so because i work nights right I, i i i my day job my my civilian uh job is uh I work usually from like 8 p.m. to maybe 5 a.m. Don't really hit the sack until 6 a.m. You know, it's still dark, which I which what what I love about it. But, you know, when I get up at like one or two. Right. And then all of a sudden. All of a sudden, you know, I do my morning routines, you know, a little bit of meditation, a little bit of a little bit of, uh, you know, I get sun in my eyes, I go out to the balcony, you know. Maybe, maybe maybe get my coffee, you know, whatever I do a little bit of, you know, maybe I do my Spanish lessons in the morning sometime. Habla Espanol. Donde esta el libro? Yeah, where's my book? Um, You know, I do that stuff. And then by the time I get cracking and out the door, you know, it's like four, four, maybe, maybe you know, 
if I'm pushing, you know, maybe four. And then, you know, I usually try to go in the go to the gym. I'm, I've been trying to go to the gym because, you know, health is wealth and all that stuff. So by the time I get to the gym, 4.30-ish, right? You know, I work out for about an hour. It's 5.30-ish. All of a sudden, I walk out, sun's going down, and it's fucking nighttime again. It's like, and I know, I know, I know people are like, well, why don't you work during the day? You know, because, because of my life choices, okay? I've made certain life choices that have led me down uh, this path, you know, where I'm actually, funny thing is, uh, I'm currently recording my podcast in the parking lot of, uh, and if you're, if you're an Ontario person or Canada person, you might know this place. Seneca College campus grounds, Seneca College, part of the York, whatever it is. I look, I haven't touched a fucking campus grounds in maybe a decade. But uh, the funny thing is, approximately 10 years ago, maybe more now, but approximately 10 years ago, when I was deciding what uh, uh, college to go to and, and uh, you know, programs to get into, I actually came to this campus uh, because I was thinking about getting into journalism broadcasting. You know, uh, one of my one of my childhood heroes was Superman, and guess his day job was uh, was a journalist. You know, so I uh, I thought, hey, maybe if I become a journalist, I can be Superman too. And that is the mind of a twenty year old Kevin Hamoki. You know, and now, ten years later, uh, we can see that uh, he's now become a man that records a podcast in his Mustang in the middle of the night on campus grounds. You know, so yeah, life decisions, life decisions have uh, led me to this point. You know, and I hope, I hope your life de- decisions have led you to a an interesting. I'm not gonna, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna say. You know, not not everybody needs to like. Oh, listen, you you're gonna make it. You're gonna you're gonna do whatever you gotta do, but you got you gotta enjoy the journey. You know, you gotta trust the process, right? You know, and life's interesting, man. Ups and downs. You know, um, what do you call? Someone told me life is like okay, life is like a box of chocolate. Obviously, as we all know, but someone told me like life is like is like an ocean. And you're a man in the boat. Or is that about sex? It might apply to both things. But he was like, yeah, man, life's kind of like like being a man in a boat in the ocean. You know, sometimes you got you got waves. Sometimes you have calm seas. And all you got to do is just stay in your boat. And, 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 and adjust your headings. This guy was this guy was not a this guy was not a a seaman or whatever he I think he just read it off a fortune cookie or whatever but what I'm saying is is that uh I'm here trying to live my best life you know and uh t- trying to talk about the things that interest me you know and so today I'm talking about uh the best little person the the way it came out is, uh, you know, when, when, when I think of topics of what I want to talk about, what I want to look into, I usually go on, you know, Twitter, Google, you know, social media and just see what like people are talking about, you know, and all that stuff. And I try, you know, you know, 
I try to like adjust to the seasons or whatever. So I looked, I looked at like, you know, what is October known for? Right. What, what is the month of October known for? Obviously, you know, I did, I did, I did the pumpkin podcast last one. I might be doing a Halloween one for, for, for the next one, you know, but I was like, what else is, what else is, uh, I know this month is about breast cancer awareness month, you know, and stuff like that. But I was like, eh, I'm not going to touch that, you know, but I found out that October is dwarf awareness month. Dwarf Awareness Month. So, you know, uh, dwarves. And before we start, I just want to make things clear. We will not be using the word, and I will only say it once, midget. Because uh, as I've learned, it, it is a derogatory term that the mid, the, the uh, dwarves do, and, and little people do not appreciate. You know? um. And that's 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 the thing. I'm listen, listen. I'm I'm a guy from from the old school ways of like, and by old school, I mean yes, the ignorant way, you know, whatever. But I, uh, you know, we we used to say I used to call my buddies midgets when they were like when we were in like grade ten because you weren't over five foot. And I was like, yeah, you're a midget, you know. But that guy grew up to become. He's still pretty small, but. All I'm saying is don't call people midgets anymore, right? Dwarfs, little person, height, disadvantaged, you know? But, uh, yeah, so I I, uh, I looked into the subject of uh, little people, you know, and, and it's a very fascinating world. It's a very fascinating life, you know? That's the thing, right? You know, I'm, I could, you know they're, 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 uh, they're, they're a certain segment of our population that that is height challenged you know and i'm not talking about guys like kevin hart or you know my friends but high height is a, is one of those things that is a factor that that could dictate you know the outcome of your life you know like like listen man if you're born six two and you're you know tall as fuck athletic as fuck you might have a chance to play in the nba but if you're under f- you know, four foot five. I think Muggsy Bow was actually see Muggsy Bow uh, was actually the the outlier. But I'm just saying in general, if you're a small guy, you know, five hundred pounds, you know, you look like a bowling ball. Uh, you 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 you're just not gonna make it, right? You know, but life finds a way to. F- There's that saying: uh, every every teapot has a lid. You know. Every uh, jar has a cap. Every <laughs> every nut has a bolt. I think I think that's what the uh, the saying is. But uh, yeah, what I'm saying is is that uh, yeah, you you know you you deal with the ca- the cards you're dealt with, right? And you know if you're a little person, you're dealt you're you're dealt uh, in an in an interesting card, right? Because you know, you know, when you come out or whenever you get diagnosed with dwarfism, I forget the actual, hold on. I think I actually have the name. It's called, it's called, and, and I'm going to put the, I think I'm going to put the spelling out on YouTube. Just so you can, but anchodroplasia, sin, plasia, anchodroplasia is responsible for majority of uh, human dwarf cases. It's a it's a it's a hormone related 
uh, thing, you know, things aren't activated early on and, you know, a person just stays at a certain height and all that stuff. At the same time, there's these things, gigantism, where if it gets overactivated, you get yourself a guy like George Morrison, you know, or you get a couple of those NBA guys, you know, and then their dicks probably get pretty big too. You know, if there was now, here's where I'd like to incorporate science. You know, uh, if we know that gigantism and, and dwarfism is all gene related or whatever, why can't we find a way to get gigantism, but only on our dicks? I want to. I want to focus. I want to focus. You know. I want, I want, yeah, I want that option. Well, it's too late for me, but for the future uses or whatever, you know, listen, if you're, if you're like, let's say, let's say you're, you're, you, I don't know. I mean, and again, I don't, I don't know how you do this, but let's just say you're, you're penal, penally and declined. Let's say you got a short piece, right? And you're like, you know what? I mean, I got so many other things going for me, but I want my kid to have a fucking piece on him, right? Now, you could obviously go maybe to your girl's dad and see if he's got a piece on him and maybe hope genetics will cross-contaminate and that. Or we could genetically... Dude, I am I'm 100%. I am 100% in for genetic modification of my kid, you know? Um, wake off. The future comes up, you know, where... And I know, I know they've been talking about things, you know, like CRISPR and... These little whispers in the scientific community, which I have absolutely no knowledge about, uh, but I've heard I've heard about like yeah these little things where they can genetically modify your kid to give you certain advantages or or, or whatever, you know. I'd want my kid to be like a, a six foot two, tall jacked fucker with a big piece on him, but with a but with an intellect of with an IQ of like I want him to be smart as fuck. Um. And I'm going to teach him humor. I will personally teach him how to be funny. The last thing I want is to have a fucking dull kid, to have a jacked fucking son who's like a, an Adonis, you know, and then he just be, he's just a dullard. He just goes around getting fucking, he just goes out and slays, but he's not funny and humorous, you know, fuck that. I want I want my kid to also have a bit of a personality, you know? So, dude, can you imagine a jacked fucker, or just or just an Adonis with a personality, you know. Not too many, not too many guys out there are like that, you know. If I get jacked, you're all fucked though. <laughs> I just came back from the gym and I'm fucking exhausted, but uh, here we are doing a podcast on Seneca Campus grounds. Um, yeah, man. I uh, I don't know. I think when it comes to short, short and height. You know, again, you what you're dealt with can affect uh, the, the rest of your life. Uh, I I also know like there's this there's this societal societal thing. I know right now there's this big uh, uh, I don't know if it's a preconception or there's a big issue or or like where women don't like men if they're under a certain height. Look, I'm full disclosure. I'm five eleven, five ten. I think five ten when I put my shoes on goes up to 5'11". So we're, listen, I'm always wearing my shoes no matter what. So we're at 5'11". 180 centimeters, according to my driver's license, you know. Um, 
And I'm, I'm, I might, I might stretch out my back one day and just get the six. Just fuck it. Because as you get older, you are going to get shorter. But I'm going to, I'm going to look into like stretching my spine out. You know, maybe adding a couple of. Uh, I'm definitely modifying myself as I go. I mean, I'm doing it to my mouth right now. I recently got braces, and I'm, I'm all about. I think I might have, because uh, uh, I have sleep apnea too. But I think I might have uh, what's that shit when your nasal, where you got a busted. Um, What's that shit called? Um, what's that shit called? The, the one where the nasal, where you where you got like a nasal blockage or whatever. Long story short, I might get a nose job too. You know, but uh, anyways, um, yeah. What I was gonna say is that yeah, there's there's this big conception against men that are short, short men, and. All I have to say, like women, women say they won't date a guy if he's under a certain foot or or, or, or whatever. And all I got to say, and you know what? Here's the thing, okay? When it comes to short, when it comes to the short guys out here, my only advice is this, is that at the end of the day, you don't want a girl that's going to automatically have preconceived notions about you, right? If she's like, ew, he's like five, six. He's, he's disgusting because he... He he could only touch my boobs. Let's say the girl's like six foot tall, six foot two, whatever, right? Listen, you don't want to get into that. I know that six foot tall fucking Adonis of a woman, you know, is 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 what you think you want. But what you really want is someone who accepts you for you. Okay? You know? You don't want you don't want you don't want this uh people that have like uh uh biases, you know, to date you, right? You know, so so my my thing is with with with, uh, with short guys is that, and you know this is a PSA for all for all the ladies out there. But uh, you know if you if you if you're not into the short guys, you're 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 missing out. Listen, I'm 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 kind of in between a short guy, I guess. I'm five I'm five ten five eleven or whatever. Uh, you know, and I can I can say that you know I I I know a lot of short. Here's the thing, for those ladies out there that you know, they, they, they're disgusted or maybe they're, maybe, maybe they have preconceived notions about short guys. Like, oh my God, short guys, what, what can they, what can they even do? What are they good at? Let me, let me tell you something. Okay. I have a lot of short friends. Okay. Some of them may be even watching this right now, but I have short friends, you know, and let me tell you something. They know how to fuck okay short guys put in that extra work you know because they know listen their bodies are smaller they're 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 a little bit more agile they're 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 basically like the difference between a heavyweight boxer and like uh, a lightweight boxer okay look at the difference between tyson fury and manny pacquiao who do you think fucks better Tyson Fury might be bigger, but who do you think fucks better? Okay, so you know all these girls that, that like have issues with 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 guys that uh, height and all that stuff. It's like, listen, when it comes to listen, I know, I know, maybe you go to a party and if you want to wear your high heels and this guy's only up to your like shoulder or whatever, it's gonna aesthetically look a little off, right? You know, but you know, take take it from like Nicole Kidman who had to put up with. Little shorty Tom Cruise, you know, you, you know, Tom Cruise knows how to put it down. He knows how to do work. 
You know, if he can fly a helicopter and jump out of airplanes, imagine what he can do to you. Okay. So all I'm saying is, is that if you have preconceived notions of you and you've never tried it, you tall ladies, you know, or average ladies of, or, you know, ladies of that are over six foot tall, just once, just once. And this is a PSA for my, to my short brethren, just once go out there and give a little guy a shot, right? Give a little guy a shot because I'm telling you, they've put in the work all their life. They, they've had to push harder. They've had to lift faster. They've had to, they've had to do a lot of things to get where they're at, you know? And, um, you know, and, and you know, if, 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 if you find that they disappoint you, then yeah, go back to your big, tall BBC boyfriends and then, uh, yeah, just have fun, you know? So anyways, that's, uh, that's all I got to say about the, you know, the little biases between short and, and tall people, you know, let's just, just listen and just get, just get it done. Have fun, you know, and, uh, live, live life like it's your last day, you know? Um, so anyways, before I get into the little people, I want to, I want to spit some facts about little people, you know, things that I, I learned about them because that's another thing because it's dwarf awareness month. I think, uh, and, and listen, I personally met. Well, I've seen, I've seen maybe 10 dwarves in my life. And I'm not talking about sleeping beauty. Uh, I'm talking about in real life. I, I know there was a, there was a comedian that was a dwarf in Toronto. Uh, I've, I've seen them around. So they do exist. Obviously, if you see the ones in film, but. Yeah, they're, they're, they're around, and, you know, there's a couple of things you need to know about their lives, right? Things with dwarfism is that uh, they usually have to deal with things like sleep apnea. So, see, me and the dwarfs have something in common, you know? Um, what do you call it? We also have... They have spine and brain compression. Because, because their body is physically compressed... Uh, you know, it, it puts a lot of pressure on their brain and, and spine. And that's why as they age older or as they get older, just like all of us, but them in particularly. And I think the big tall giants have this too. Their body is just put through a lot of pressure. So you find that a lot of older dwarves, you know, they, 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 uh, they physically, and is it raining right now? God damn it. I'm sorry if you guys are listening to this and you're hearing the rain drops, you know. Uh, this is this is great. This is this is this is gonna this is gonna be an interesting podcast if you're listening to this or watching this. You know, I just had to choose a dark October freaking night to do a podcast. Hopefully, you know what? I'm gonna see if I can maybe m modify the sound, but whatever. Let us continue through this. You know. But yeah, you, dwarves as they get older, they tend to have they, they tend to have actual issues. Um, what do you call? Usually throughout history, uh, dwarves were usually used for entertainment purposes. You know, physically you couldn't put them to work in the mines or 
or, you know, build things or whatever. Maybe some of them had intellect and, you know, they were able to get maybe certain positions of power, you know, and, and some of them did like some got into govern government, some got into whatever, but generally speaking, the only real route, especially back in the day is that they, they, they were pushed into entertainment or as, you know, like, like the Egyptians had them as kind of like a jester, you know, and all that stuff. Uh, there was also a lot of, uh, you know, you, you know, uh, lore about them in mid mid medieval Europe, you know, things like, you know, dwarves were from the mountains, you know, which, you know, you could see in the movie, like the Lord of the Rings and stuff like that. Dwarves were, were, uh, yeah, you, you know, we're, we're kind of seen as mystical beings, you know, people from the earth because they were so low. Right. That's why you had, you know, Sleeping Beauty and the Seven Dwarves. Right. Which. You know. I don't know if it's a true story, but that would that would definitely be if I ever went back and saw like seven dwarf men, you know, and then just a hot smoke show of a woman, you know, show up. I that's got to be a TV show, guys. Listen, you're talking about diversity. You need to get seven of the best. Peter Dinklage is definitely going to be part of that. But you got to get seven dwarves and like, I don't know, who's a hot actress right now? Just thinking, who could play uh, on a TV series at the very least? Uh, you, you, Whatever. You get a hot, hot actress and seven little guys. That's your next fucking sitcom. Multicultural, right? You know, you get like a, an Asian dwarf, black dwarf, ginger dwarf. You, you just, you know, throw in... Throwing a woman dwarf in there is maybe sleepy, whatever. You throw in these dwarfs, that's your new fucking series. And the life is basically, the show is going to be basically trying to get Sleeping Beauty laid. But these seven dwarves are like, you know, in her life trying to, they're basically cock blocking or helping, but they make things interesting, just like in general, right? So, yeah, pitch. That's a pitch. Hopefully someone turns that into a show. Um, what else do we know about? Oh, okay. This is a, not really a good thing to know, but uh, in the 80s, but throughout history, there was a thing, really popular pub sport in Australia. There was a game called Dwarf Tossing, where you'd grab a dwarf. Hopefully that dwarf was your friend. And you toss them into a pile of like adult or real large sized bowling pins, right? Or something similar to that. And you'd knock down the pins with this uh, dwarf, right? And it was popular in the 80s and probably, probably not allowed now. Probably not allowed now because uh, of, you know, cultural appropriation. I, I don't know. It's probably not a good thing to throw people in general, but... Uh, but listen, at the end of the day, if everyone is consenting adults and they're having fun and they're all in it, you know, why not? Right. So anyways, that, that, that that's pretty much. What, oh, you know, that, that's pretty much what I know about dwarfs is that, you know, they, they have an interesting life. They do have physical ailments, but, you know, like a lot of us do as we get older, you know, and they're just trying to make the best of their life. Right. You know, and that's another thing, too, is that the 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 the. You don't know, like, what do you call it? It is very possible for two regular sized people to have dwarf a dwarf child. It is also possible for two dwarf children or two dwarf adults to have a normally sized 
child as well. So there is a certain gene and then, you know, that you would have to look through. I personally don't think I have any dwarfs in my family, both sides. So I don't think I ever have to worry, but well, I'm not even going to say worry, but you know, it, 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 it's one of the, I believe like if, if two dwarfs get together, it literally is like a 50, 50 shot that the, the child is uh, grown up or not. But yeah, I mean, I, listen, I know there's a show on TLC, little people. I've seen some episodes and it's just an interesting viewpoint on life, right? You know? So, yeah, little people. If you see them around, you know, treat them, treat everyone. And and this is this is general. Treat everyone the same, you know? You know, just because somebody looks different, has different beliefs, values, whatever, just treat everybody the same. And wh- what do I mean the same? Just avoid the fuck out of everybody. No, I'm joking. Um... No, like, like, I, I I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't really, I'll be honest. I might treat really friends have called me out on this. I'll treat everybody the same. I don't give a shit about your color, your creed, your, your race, your whatever. But if you're an attractive fucking young lady and I'm into you and my friends have called me out on this, I do change a little bit. I might be. A little bit more courteous. I might be what what the kids of today call a little simpish, maybe, you know. But in general, I uh, I try to treat everybody the same. But listen, if it's like a really attract, like I'm talking, you know, those and I've seen them where like you make contact and they take your breath away, kind of girls, you know, and and then your voice goes from being a deep, powerful podcasting man like this to a cool you know shit like that right but i think that's more of a biology psychology thing rather than you know me treating them whatever but as i got older that's another thing too because like when i was in elementary school i used to fucking like if i had a crush on a chick or whatever i would I, i you know i would fucking like i've literally i've literally licked a girl's shoe because she said that if i licked her shoe she would give me a peck on the cheek. She gave me just a high five. Okay. You know, and yeah. So I've, I've back in the day, I simped fucking hard, but as I got older, as your heart breaks, and as you learn a little bit more about, listen, at the end of the day, they know what they're doing. It's also a game. You, you, you learn to like, okay, pull back and be like, okay, even though you're fully invested, you're going to want to, you're going to want to, yeah, even though you're invested, you're going to want to uh, be smart about it. You know, you know, don't don't fall into the trap that is the cooch, you know. Love the cooch if it's your cooch, but uh, don't don't let the cooch lead you into trouble, you know, because cooch can destroy people. Cooch has destroyed many a men, many a great men, you know, so don't let the cooch own the cooch. Don't let it own you. And don't actually own. Don't be one of those guys that like are very domineering over your cooch. But when I say cooch, I mean your lady, right? Anyways, this is not a relationship podcast. Clearly, it's about little people. So anyways, let's go through the way I'm going to be going about it is I'm going to try and pick the the best um, 10. It's okay. So when it look, look, look. Obviously, we're, we're, we're doing a show today where we're trying to compare and, and, and determine who the best 
little person is. It's it, it's obviously a very look. Look at the end of the day, uh, it's it, it's it's particular to this podcast. You can't go out there and be like you're a better person than that person. It's it's not how society works. Except in this pod, I can definitely tell you who is the better person, right? You know, and the factors, the factors that we're going to be going about it is, uh, I'm going to basically be go- telling you a bit about the about them you know obviously dropping the height you know the smaller you are the harder your life and more interesting your life may be right uh you know a general lifespan some of these guys had a rough life a couple of facts and then i think ultimately when it comes to a little person i think it's somebody that has brought awareness to their kind or to the to the society overall right someone that that i think you know represents their I don't like to use the word species. I'm trying to find another word. But someone that represents their their tribe the best. It's like, you know, if it, let's say let's say, you know, for instance, like let's say aliens came to Earth and, and then they were like, send us your greatest person. Who would you send? You know, would you send a president? I don't think so. Would you send, you know, our greatest athlete? Maybe physically he's the thing, right? But would you send our smartest mind, right? So there's a lot of factors to going into it, you know, but I personally think for this particular pod, the way we're going to be going about it is someone who represents little people the best and in a positive light and and is kind of like has, has put them, you know, on the minds and hearts of the people, right? So let's go through some of the best dwarfs in history. Uh, and I'm going to be going about it in chronological order. So the oldest, and listen, I know there's some in ancient history, which I couldn't get data on, but, you know, but we're going to go with through, through, through age, some of the, you know, whatever. And I'm going to tell you, you know, stats on the stats on them, a little bit about who they were, what they did and, uh, why, why I think they, they represent the, uh, the little people really well. You know, so uh, hold on. Uh, the first one is uh, oh fuck, I forgot to put his real name, but General Tom Thumb. Okay, and I think his name was Charleston or something like that. But General Thumb, Tom. See, I have problems with th words. General Tom Thumb. Um, for those that don't know. Oh, there, there you go. His name was Charles Sherward Stratton. You know, he uh, he was originally he was uh, adopted by P.T. Barnum and became a circus performer. So he he greatly rose to fame because, you know, back in back in like this is back in the eighteen uh, hundreds, you know, early nineteen hundreds, he was like this uh, oddity. You know, they used to use the words like midget. They used to use words like freak show, right? And uh, Green Tom Thumb was a an oddity, right? And at that time, you could exploit that fact to to have a living. I mean, he was he was born to I think he was born to like regular sized parents, you know. But then he was you know at the end of the day, you know, when we, being diagnosed like that back then, there really wasn't many options, right? You couldn't go out there and be a laborer, right? And listen, I mean, you could maybe be smart, but you know, like 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 you could imagine like what going to school like is back in the day. And so 
at the time, you know, going into entertainment, going into uh, the circus life, the touring world life, that was the only option, right? So, yeah, you know, uh, Charles, we'll just stay with Charles. His height was three foot four. He was a three foot four man. He lived from 1838 to 1883. So he died at the age of 45, right? Part and part, obviously, probably maybe his particular health, you know, health, but you know, at that time he didn't live as long as well. Um, what else we had? He traveled the world, met kings and queens. He married another uh, dwarf known as uh, Lavinia Warren, another famous dwarf. Uh, he was also rich and famous. And when he married his wife, he also toured as a family because he had kids and all that stuff. And, you know, he became this uh, dwarf family that toured, made special appearances. He put on probably shows back in the day. You could say, you know, he did comedy as well, you know. Listen, when you look at a little person, it's automatically like an easy. No one's ever like, oh, my God, it's a freaking dwarf. No one's unless you're dumb, but no one's really angry when you see a dwarf. There's like a natural. And Brad Williams, I think, a comedian who's also a dwarf, has uh, has a joke about it. Like when you see just the moment a dwarf enters the place, there's like a magic like, oh, my God, are we. Are we in Narnia? Like, this is amazing, right? Like, there's just a, there's like a natural. Uh, amazing uh, breath to life that dwarves bring. So yeah, uh, General Tom Tom um, was was one of the early early guys that that put put the idea of being a world famous entertainer, a traveling uh, entertainer, uh, using the, the cards that life dealt him as a as a small dwarf, you know. And uh, yeah, he uh, he he really he really started off that. You know, that idea of like, you know what? If you're born small, use it as your strength. Turn your weakness into your strength, you know? And he he did. He, he became a rich. I, I think they even said like he had, he had property in New York that was like ridiculously, like even for the times, ridiculously expensive. And, you know, he was able to live a, a, a good life, you know, because he used his weakness or what was perceived as a weakness as his strength. So if you think... You know, you you've got bad cards. Maybe maybe see what 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 those cards can be turned into. You know, uh, the next one is a gentleman by the name of Billy Barty. You know, uh, he was three foot nine inches. He lived from nineteen twenty four to two thousand. Died at the age of seventy six. You know, decent decent age just for anybody. Uh, he was also he was also a big time actor in the in the well fifties sixties and seventies. Uh, appeared in a lot of movies. I think he was in a uh, Time Chasers, and you know he's he's he appeared in a lot of TV shows and movies back then. Uh, but the real the real thing that 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 uh, uh, Billy is known for is that he was the founder of the Little People of America, an organization in America that eventually became international. And there's different parts, like you know, Little People of New Zealand, Little People of Canada, but he created that organization to kind of bring and unite. And probably educate and spread awareness uh, about dwarfism and, and, and dwarfs, you know, because, you know, before then it was like, you know, if you were a dwarf, what resources did you have? Right. You were born maybe in, in the city. You were the only one. Right. Or how how would you know? Imagine being born at a time where, you know, you're a dwarf. You, there, you've never seen any. You're the only one of your kind and you don't understand certain pains, certain certain changes or or, or or the opportunities available to you. You know, you, you're, you're kind of like, 
oh my god, I'm I'm alone on the, I I you know I'm alone on this planet. So he created this organization because he knew that there were there were others like him and them, you know, and and decided to bring a community. So now when somebody is born and they're looking to like feel a part of a community, you know, they go to him. So I think definitely an impact on the he has definitely one of the largest impacts on the the dwarf community in uh in general you know uh the next guy is the next guy is a record a world record holder a guinness world record holder and i'm talking about chandra bahadur dangi or dangi chandra bandu bahandur dangi nepalese nepalese guy uh he his height which earned him a, a a world record as the world's shortest man ever recorded he stands at one foot nine and a half inches you know so he's like i don't even he's like well subway sandwiches are a foot he's like two subway sandwiches which i've eaten which I've done. He's like two Subway sandwiches tall, you know? I don't know why I'm thinking about sandwiches now, but yeah, I haven't eaten in a while. But yeah, two two sandwiches tall, one foot, nine and a half inches. He was born in 1939, lived all the way to 2015, 75 years old. And he was also what you would call, or what is classed as a primordial dwarf. Those are the dwarfs that are, are generally, because normally the dwarf that you normally see uh, you know, like a Peter Dinklage where, you know, maybe maybe the the head could be normal sized, but certain aspects are just shrunken or whatever. You know, they're, they're, usually they, the, the regular dwarfs are, again, I'm probably using terms or whatever, but they're usually in and around the, the three foot, four foot range or whatever. But these primordials are really small. They're really premature, you know, and all that stuff. I don't know what the, what the physical capabilities. I think I think they can walk, but eventually, you know, it takes a toll on them. But yeah, Chandra definitely gets the record. As listen, he'll get to go down into history unless somebody gets smaller. But dude, how can you get smaller than two Subway sandwiches? So he definitely gets the hold record Guinness World Book of Record as the shortest, and I believe he decently decently aged too. I don't know if he won for the age, but. He definitely holds a record for the world's shortest man. So, you know, like Ricky Bobby says, if you ain't first, you're last. And he's the first ever world's shortest man. You know? Uh, what else do we got? Goddamn rain. Goddamn daylight saving time. Uh, the next one is my favorite and probably the first time I ever heard or 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 uh you know heard about or seen what a dwarf was. I'm talking about Herve Herve Villanchesi. Herve Villanchesi. You know, for those that don't know who he is, uh, he was born in France. He was the guy that was known in the Bond movie, Man with the Golden Gun and Fantasy Island. He played Knickknack in the Bond movie. You know, Monsieur Scaramanga. He was a really, you know, kind of a lethal guy, too. And he was also an artist, a painter, a photographer, you know, and he was uh, he stood at three foot, 11 inches. 
He lived from 1943 to 1993, uh, 50 years old. Uh, he had so his life was, you know, he he was he was he was a French immigrant, obviously a dwarf, you know, painted all that stuff, and then eventually found his way to America, got into acting, and because of his unique, again at that time, again not too many as well, but because of his unique look and 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 all that, he got into these major film roles and tv roles throughout i think he was an airplane too especially around the 70s really really big time but again because because of of his dwarfism and i believe he also had a, he developed issues with uh, alcoholism as well uh and, and as we all know alcohol does take a toll on your internal things and being a dwarf it can sometimes be too much so what happened was uh he he was Later on in his life, he dealt with a lot of physical pain, you know, of, of being a dwarf plus the alcohol and all that stuff. And eventually, and unfortunately, in 1993, he ended up taking his own life. He killed himself. Suicide, you know, which is sad. And uh, again, this is supposed to be a comedy podcast, but it's something to bring no note into that. You know what? For a guy that brought, you know, laugh and joy into people. He was going through an internal struggle and it got to the point where he just couldn't take it anymore and he decided to end it, you know? So that's why, you know, I think ultimately, you know, especially with, and this is a big thing with, with comedians, you know, I, I know for me, the biggest Harding hit one was when Robin Williams went, cause I was like, dude, that guy made everybody laughed. Everybody loved him, you know, and obviously he had his own demons but then he took it, you know, and all that stuff. And I was like, shit, like me again, the story behind Robin Williams, that's a story for another day. But, you know, sometimes the people that make you laugh, but sometimes, you know, you know, you know, you know, what, what, what you see on the outside, you know, doesn't match what's on the inside. And it, yes, yeah, so you know what? That's why it's like, you know, don't, don't put on top of things, right. You know, like, like if somebody is just not feeling it, you know, offer offer a chance to talk right you know but sometimes people just they don't want to be on you know maybe you know and that's another thing with, with mental health so that's why i think that's another thing you know her was definitely a case of like you know what mental health and they didn't have they didn't have the resources that they do now but mental health is definitely a case and affects everybody doesn't matter if you're a gi gigantor or a four foot dwarf you know it can get you so I think October is also mental health month. Maybe I'm not too sure, but long story short, if you, if you, if you, if you, if you, if you, if you got stuff going up in your head, you know, go and, uh, go and uh, take care of that. That's number one. You are number one, you know, live your best life by fixing yourself. So anyways, let's try and get back away from that dip, you know, try and get into the positive mode of, Another uh, dwarf, and this one, uh, he was he was another dwarf that made me laugh, and not just because of performance, you know. I'm talking about Tony Cox. Tony Cox, uh, three foot five inches. He was born in 1957, still currently active and working. Uh, you know him from the roles like in Bad Santa. He played the the uh, the elf. Obviously, he didn't play Santa. He was also uh, me, myself, and Irene. He was the dad of those three black sons. You got to watch that movie. If you haven't seen it, it's a fucking hilarious movie. Uh, 
Uh, and he also worked on set on uh, Star Wars. I believe he was one of the Ewoks. That's another thing. During the 70s and stuff there, 70s and 80s, you know, if they ever needed a role like Munchkins. Oh, dude, if you want to hear a bad story about how dwarves are treated, you got you to gotta listen to the story about the dwarves on The Wizard of Oz. You know, those guys had it a bit rough. But yeah, uh, he, he worked on a lot of films like that. Uh, and still, still does film roles today. I believe it was he was in the Friday movies and all that stuff. But um, just an overall, really interesting actor. And uh, I think yeah, his his bio said that he was originally uh, influenced by Billy Barty. Got into it as well. Again, you know what Billy Barty created this organization. People like him looked out, and then they eventually followed and followed in his path. Right. So uh, odd, yeah. Definitely a nod to Billy, but also Tony Cox. The next one is this guy might be the funniest, or at the very least, the most interesting uh, dwarf I've ever, I've ever, 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 ever seen. I'm talking about Vern Troyer. Yes, Mini Me, Vern Troyer. But uh, Vern Troyer, at a height of two feet uh, eight inches. He was, I, I also believed, had primordial uh, dwarfism. Uh, he had a light, uh, He lived from 1969 and unfortunately died in nine, uh, 2018 at the age of 69. Uh, he was an actor, comedian, and a stuntman as well. You know, he put his body through a lot of physical, you know, at, you know, I, I believe uh, he was a stuntman for one of those, you know, those movies where the babies talk and or the babies, he, he could play a baby really well. You know, because of his his stature, right? But yeah, he was known. Obviously, you know him from the Austin Power movies as Mini Me. He also did a little re- reality TV. There is rumor, you know, stuff about a sex tape. And so uh, with Vern Troyer's that again, kind of similar to Herb. Uh, later in his career, because of his height and stature, he started to physically decline and have issues with him with, with pain. You know, and I think he even did a couple episodes of Dr. Drew or something like that. But he dealt heavily with alcoholism. And unfortunately, in 2018, he uh, died by alcohol poisoning, you know, uh, at 69. And, uh, you know, it's a rough way to go. You know, but again, similar to like Herb, where, you know, they lived a very they they lived a very interesting life, made memorable characters that will forever, forever be remembered. But. You know, it became too much in the end, and they they took the only way they saw they saw out, right? So that's another sad one to end on, but not the last, not the last, guys, not the last. We're gonna fucking keep it upbeat. Uh, the next one is possibly the most talented actor uh, on this list. Uh, I'm talking about Peter Dinklage, Peter Dinklage, aka Lord Tyrion Lannister from Game of Thrones. Uh, he's at uh, four feet, five inches. And uh, he was born in 1969. Uh, obviously, big breakout, big fucking role in the Game of Thrones. He he also appeared in a lot of movies, uh, Elf, X-Men, and, and a lot of other early, early movies that, that uh, he was. I forget there was one with him and Bobby Carnival. I forget the movie, but I remember he was really good in that too. But he he'd been acting for a long time before before he got Game of Thrones. But Game of Thrones really put him on the map, you know, in the minds of people. And his work, like he, if you watch Game of Thrones, he his character 
possibly is one of the best on 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 the series, at least in terms of arc and development and you know, like like for the whole time I was like I want to see the scenes with him, right? You know, he won four he won a SAG and a lot of, and four Emmys, you know. But um yeah, Peter Dinklage he uh he definitely put a when when you watch his work you can now put cuz here's the thing again like a lot of these other guys before him they were always relegated to like just a funny joke right oh look at the look at the dwarf do do a funny thing or whatever but peter dinklage really dug deep into you know developing he's 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 just an actor if if you could you look he could seriously do roles where you don't even address his dwarfism because his acting is what pulls through, you know? So I think uh, definitely in terms of like changing the, changing the landscape of how, how dwarfs are looked at uh, Peter Dinklage is definitely on, 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 on the, uh, he's definitely, on, he's definitely in consideration for the best, you know? Uh, the next one guy is probably the guy that has worked on some of the most amazing films has had probably the most interesting career as a dwarf as a little person i'm talking about warwick davis you know him uh he stands at three foot uh six inches born in 1970 he uh is an english actor comedian filmmaker and television presenter he obviously had a breakout role in the movie willow but he also starred in uh, star wars and he also had roles in harry potter as well you know and had a tv show uh, life's too short and he basically has the record of all and this is this is where, where it's a big thing. He has the highest grossing supporting act. He is the highest grossing supporting actor of all time. Being a part of Star Wars, being a part of Harry Potter, you know, and all those movies. You know, he's 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 a part of like he's been a part of a lot of big projects, you know, and being being a little guy like that is uh it's an amazing accomplishment. But he's also had a really great career. He's also really humorous and funny, not just Again, has not not just because of the dwarfism, but just just he does have wit and a smart. He did that thing with Ricky Gervais. I think that's life too short, but he's done a lot of stuff with Ricky Gervais, and and, and he's just a funny, hilarious guy. So, Warwick, Warwick Davis, uh, an interesting career, and definitely definitely one of the best uh, little people in the world. You know, the next one is, you know. Uh, one of the guy that takes his physicalness to the limits. I'm talking about Jason Acuna, aka Wee Man. You know him from the movies Jackass, and I know there's another one coming out. Uh, he stands at four foot at four and at four foot and a half inch. Uh, he was born in 1973. He's a stuntman, skateboarder, and uh, obviously you know him from the movie Jackass movies and Jackass shows. Uh, yeah, he's a guy that like does a lot of physical. Uh, you know, for, for, again, for, for, you know, uh, a group of, you know, cause like, listen, like I said before, dwarfs who physically, you know, they go, they go through a lot of stuff, you know, for a guy, for the guy to put his body through it, through it all like that, you know, uh, says something, right. You know, he, he obviously, uh, he obviously can take it, but at the same time, yeah, listen, man, it, it's, he he adds he he he's definitely an integral part to the jackass crew. He adds a different flavor. Cause listen, man, when you see a dwarf do something versus a regular person, the dwarf just gets the extra added intention. You know, they get the extra points. So yeah, 
definitely Wee Man is uh interesting. He also does a lot of a lot of tours for the USO, you know, does touring and all that stuff. Uh I think he also lived in a van for 11 months. I don't know why I had I had that in there, but yeah, Wee Man definitely an entertaining guy. He puts his body on the line uh for entertainment and that that's a lot for a dwarf. So Wee Man definitely up there. Uh, the next and last one on the list, I know I was going through a lot. I know I didn't find a lot of guys, uh, or sorry, a lot of ladies, but I wanted to add this lady because I think in terms of, uh, again, the abilities of what a dwarf can do, she definitely uh, opened up the minds of what a dwarf can do. I'm talking about Julie Windsor. Uh, she's three foot nine inches, born in 1987. And the reason why I added her to the list is that she's the first dwarf to ever finish the Boston Marathon back in 2014. Now, you know, you listen, a lot of different people have competed in the Boston Marathon. They, you know, whatever. But you got to realize that a dwarf, because of their legs and, and how their body mechanics work, they actually have to go almost twice as far, you know, their stride, right? They have to go almost twice, maybe even three times farther than the regular person when it comes to 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 running and doing a physical activity like that right and like i said before because of the some of them have physical ailments you know it can be super all ultimately difficult so for her a lot of people look a lot of people in general i know for me i can't fucking do the boston marathon but to do the boston marathon and also be a dwarf it really says something to the to the willpower of of, of, of at the end of the day you know if the, even if you're dealt with the cards of being a dwarf, if you put your mind to it, you know, you, you can, uh, you can, you can, you can accomplish uh, anything, you know? So yeah, I, I wanted to add her on this list because she definitely, um, she definitely like, you know, you know, you change, you know, you don't have to be just an entertainer. You could, you could pursue the passions that you want, you know, but you're going to have to, you're going to have to work harder than everybody else. You know, but if you want it bad enough, you'll get it, you know. So anyways, that rounds out the list of the best little person, 10 of the best little people I know or the Internet knows. Um, before I do, I do want to mention a couple of uh, other. Uh, oops, right there. I want to mention a couple of other. Uh, I want to mention a couple of other uh, little people that uh, are also famous in history. Uh, we got Bushwick Bill, who you might know as one of the guys from the Ghetto Boys. You got Joe C, a.k.a. Kid Rock uh, sidekick, who unfortunately didn't make it. Um, Angelo Rosito. Oh, yeah. Uh, Angelo Rosito. He was the guy that played Master Blaster in, in uh, Mad Max Thunderdome. David Rappaport, another actor in Time Bandits. Uh, Rico Abreu, who's actually a NASCAR driver. I, I'm actually planning to try and see if I can go to the Daytona 500 um, this year, but Going to a NASCAR race is definitely on my list of things to see before I die. And uh, I'd really like to see this guy, Rico, uh, a NASCAR driver, dwarf. You know, Brad Williams, obviously a stand-up comedian. He's he's really hilarious. Um, Danny Woodburn, you know him from Seinfeld. He was the little guy in Seinfeld. Uh, Kenny Baker, who you didn't see him, but he is R2-D2. He is R2-D2. He's a boop, boop, boop. I don't know if he did the voice, but he was the guy that went into the machine and operated R2-D2. 
You know, and then you got Zelda Rubenstein, who was the the creepy old lady, uh, dwarf lady in the movie uh, Poltergeist. You know, so anyways, um, when it comes to little people, they have very interesting lives. And, you know, if you ever see one in life. Don't pet him. Don't don't disrespect him. They're just people like you dealt with different cards. Right. You know, and with that being said, when it comes to, I think, the best who who who. Who represents the uh, the little people well? Who's made strides for the little people? So look, if I had to say top three, I would automatically go with listen what Bill Bill Barty did by by starting the organization, by 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 letting other people, other little people know that they're not alone is a huge impact, right? I also think. Uh, I also think uh, I also think uh, Julie Windsor doing setting a physical feat as a dwarf is also amazing, you know. And then I think Peter Dinklage, in terms of like just breaking the stereotype of that all 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 uh, all dwarfs are just you know there for comic relief and funny, but you know can actually put on performances is also big too. So, um, man, if I had to pick one dwarf. I would say the best little person or dwarf, the best little person is Peter Dinklage. Peter Dinklage. Because I feel... I, so the reason why I pick Peter Dinklage is because I believe he transcends... He transcends just being a dwarf. You know? His performances alone... And the fact that he's able to just, you know, do these roles where, it, you know, the dwarfism doesn't even come into play really opens other doors for, for hopefully other dwarves where it's like, listen, yes, I'm a dwarf, but I can I can roll with the big boys. I can do normal things and I don't have to use my dwarfism as, you know, as an eight, as a whatever. Right. You know, obviously a bit, you know, Bill, Bill Bartley just for creating the thing and bringing people together. But I think. What 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 um what uh uh Peter Dinklage has done is that he's really made dwarfs uh, uh he's for those that didn't before but for for people that you know thought dwarfs were were different or below he basically was like no we're exactly the same as you we can do the exact same same things as you and we can accomplish the same things as you you know so. You know, that way, you know, from now on, hopefully dwarves will just be like, hey, listen, if I can be a pilot, I can be a NASCAR racer. I can do whatever I want just as good as a regular person does if I just commit uh, to believing and doing it. Right. So Peter Dinklage, I got to go with Peter Dinklage because he rolls in terms of acting. He rolls with the big boys, even though he's a little person. He's a little person. OK, so I got to go with uh, Peter Dinklage. And that, that's how that's how this podcast rolls. OK, guys, I do my podcast in the middle of the fucking dark in a in, in, in campus grounds where, you know, there might be there might be killers because we all know how campus grounds are nowadays. Right. But I do it. And all of a sudden it rains. But we carry through. We fucking push through because I'm trying to live my best life. And I know you guys are, too. So do do me the favor. 
if you made this this far like comment subscribe because it really helps me getting this shit out you know uh because the more the more i get it out the more i'm gonna want to do and uh more is better you know so anyways you know just remember just remember doesn't matter how small you are if you have a a big heart and a big imagination you too can be 